1: Hello Dykes, happy Pride Month to a bunch of you for where it's Pride Month. Uh, I have a couple of quick updates. I'm trying to hide it in my voice, but I'm actually uh, very under the weather. Um, last week, I came down with pink eye, and I, I've tested for COVID twice because, on top of it, I also have like a, a cold and other symptoms um, that all kicked in uh, after the fact. And I've never had pink eye before, or at least that I remember in my life. It's been really bad, actually. I've seen um, a couple of doctors, it's only gotten worse. It started spreading to the other eye even though I've been so careful uh, about washing my hands, not touching my face, all of that. But what are you going to do? Life happens. What this means though, is that I very, very sadly won't be going to girls in wonderland this year. I was supposed to perform on the comedy show on June 2nd, but there's just no way that my eyes going to clear up in time. And that also that I would be feeling better. Uh, so I'm so sad about that. I hope everybody going has the most amazing gay time. I know, uh, things in florida are really tough right now and people come from all over the world to go to girls in wonderland but a lot of the people there are from florida and i know that there was some debate about whether or not uh people should even go to Florida, given the hostility of the government. But I think that the queer people who live in Florida really need this party. They need this celebration of queerness and this fun and joy uh, that comes with Girls in Wonderland. So uh, I hope that you don't let conservatives win and deter you from... Uh, going and celebrating the the crew at Girls in Wonderland. They do so much to make sure that it is uh, a safe and inclusive event. So just can't speak highly enough uh, to my past experiences there. So so sad that I won't be there. Uh, go to the comedy show anyway though because Sydney Washington is headlining. She's hilarious. Uh, she's done the podcast before, and then she's also performed on a lot of our live shows. You know, the, the other day uh, when the pink eye was just starting, I thought I had it under control. I went to a WNBA game with Cecilia and I my eye, like it was starting to look bad, but um, I put on just like regular glasses and a baseball cap that said groom on it. I bought it for $5. I thought it was funny. And I thought I'd be kind of like incognito, covering up the pink hair. Didn't really want anybody to see me looking gross and sickly so um again this was before the other symptoms kicked in i just i just had like an itchy pink eye at that point uh so i'm i'm at the game and we sit down and immediately i could tell that the people next to us are dyking out listeners just by the way they look at me and they said something in the in the third quarter which was nice but like as soon as i felt recognized i changed my glasses and put on my sunglasses uh and so I'm I'm like this person in sunglasses. <laughs> in an indoor basketball game, which usually isn't me. Then they start playing the song Crazy in Love and start featuring couples uh, on the Jumbotron. And because I have this groom hat, I think, uh, they put me and Cecilia on the Jumbotron. Then I start getting texts from like people I know who are at the game uh, who are like, oh my God, just saw you on the Jumbotron. Messages from diking Out listeners being like, hey, I'm at this game, saw you on the Jumbotron. Looking like a total tool in these sunglasses in this groom hat. Um, so I had a I was like writing everybody back being like, I think I am not this person. It was kind of funny um, until it wasn't funny until my eye got really bad, uh, and after the game, I've been kind of shut in since, and it's been it's been rough. I have been binging the Ultimatum uh, on Netflix. I guess that's the only good thing that has come out of it is that it's given me the time to watch trash queer TV. So many thoughts. Maybe I'll post them on TikTok, where I'm starting to be active at TGI Carolyn. Uh, I also have a bunch of shows this June that. My eye should clear up for. Uh, So, if you wanted to see any of my shows, if you're in the New York area, uh, I'll be posting those on my Instagram at tgi carolyn. There's even going to be one show upstate for anybody who lives more like in the Catskills area. I'm doing a fun show there. Big show, of course, for me is always loves a pitch. I'm doing the pride edition. I haven't done a loves a pitch since Valentine's Day. Uh, So that's gonna be a fun one. If you want to be in the audience, or if you want to be a backup contestant, let me know. Uh, That's gonna be June 20th at come on, everybody. And those are those are my updates and announcements for now. And uh, you're about to listen to another fun episode from the back catalog of Diking Out. Hope you're all doing well and filling your weeks with the gayest things.
2: Pandemic kind of took improv from a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. It's harder to get a group of people in one place just to play pretend. It's like, is it worth yeah. it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we were already questioning
0: if... If it, it was, was worth, worth it, it before, before the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dyking out, you're dyking out. Let's dyke out together. See you. Where-
1: Welcome to Diking Out, a
3: podcast that's cool for the summer. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Melody Kamali. And today we're diking out with actor and comedian Emily Dayton Evans.
2: Hi. Yay. So excited.
3: Hi. <laughs> so, so excited.
1: But first, we have some announcements. We are bringing a new
3: show, an old show, shifting it. I don't know. What are we doing, Melody? (laughs) We're kind of adding more shows. We're adding more to the plate. We're doing more for the Brooklyn Dykes. We're going to be doing stand-up shows and more karaoke parties at Come On Everybody, because we know it's a schlep sometimes to Stonewall. We're still going to be doing our Stonewall show maybe quarterly, yeah, we need to figure that out. But. We'll figure it out, We're but we're definitely doing a lot more in Brooklyn.
1: And our next show there, it's going to be a stand-up show, August 12th at Come On Everybody. We'll post about that on our Instagram. This week, if you're listening when this episode comes out, I'll be at Come On Everybody with my show Loves a Pitch. That will be Wednesday, July 27th, so maybe there are tickets left, and if there are, you should snag one up and come and see The chaos past guests, Lorena Rusi. Kendall Payne and Jess Henderson are all judges on the show, and they are very chaotic, and we're adding an extra element of nutso this time. So if last time wasn't a hot mess enough for you, this time we'll definitely top that. So come to that.
3: And just rate in review. We love that. It helps other people find us. Five stars, please. Also, we have a Patreon. We love our patrons, okay? They're so cool. Emily is
1: supportively nodding to all of these announcements, (laughs) um, especially like rate and review. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, patrons.
2: You have to. You have to.
3: (laughs) What's going on on Patreon? We have extra episodes, one bonus episode a week. Come on, for five dollars a month. For ten, we have a Discord. We have Zoom hangouts. For 15 a month, you don't have
1: to listen to ads, which we love our sponsors. They support us. But also, it it takes a lot of time. If you like your content uninterrupted, just go over to Patreon.
3: Yeah, I'm obsessed. One of our patrons, Sophie, is so Fucking cool. She has a band called Walzer. I listen to it. They're very good. And Sophie's going to be in Brooklyn playing at TVI August 26th. We're so excited. You can follow underscore Walzer underscore for more information on that and also see where she'll be playing near you. She tours all over. All right. Enough business. Let's get into the gayest thing. Carolyn? Yeah. What's the gayest thing you did this week?
1: All right. Well a couple of things. I mean, I celebrated five amazing years of marriage with my current wife, Cecilia. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Current. Current. Current wife. And I, I think she's gonna stick around <laughs> We're supposed to be out of town, and then we ended up staying in town, and we went to Mohonk Mountain House for the day. <sighs> per your recommendation,
3: Melody, you told me it was a great place. It is gorgeous. I don't know if I could ever afford to stay there, at least not <laughs> where I'm at right now in no, life, We need but many more patrons yeah. to afford
2: <laughs> one night. It's humongous, right? I think I've yes. been ice skating there once. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, and it has like all of the water. That's gorgeous. Yeah, you stayed there to
1: stay there. I think it's like six hundred a night or something crazy like that. But you can get a day pass to go. Oh, okay. yes. Yeah, that's the move because it's only like an hour away from where we live, and it definitely feels like you're not in New York State when you're there, right? Right. <laughs> it feels.
2: No, it feels like you're in like a fairy tale.
3: Yeah, yeah, but also like. A resort in dirty dancing a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's something, I don't know. I didn't actually like go into it. I bought a pass for the hiking. I did their like rock scramble big hike thing. Yeah. Which is like much cheaper. <laughs> and I could only see over the resort so at least from that vantage point it felt very dirty dancing
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it it was nice and it's right by the town of New Paltz which we've never been to so we stopped in New Paltz afterwards and definitely went into like some witchy stores it's a college town I went to that (laughs) to the witch store yes Yes. Okay. And we each bought a tarot card. So they had these like single tarot cards being sold. And it was some artist who was trying to make a tarot deck where each card was commissioned by a different artist. And they had like a bunch of leftover single ones. So Sessie and I, we both picked out like a single card, like felt which one was Mm -hmm. calling out to us and read it. And we're like, okay, we have to buy these and take them. for one dollar we splurged one dollar we to. took the tarot <laughs> card home with us that was pretty gay until last night I felt extra gay because Melody and I we were on a show together funny haha, funny queer at Metropolitan Bar and I knew Melody was running late so before she got there I texted her a heads up of all the dykes to watch out for I'm like <laughs> look this is who's here avoid 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 uh they're just like backstories drama whatever and I'm like you know it'll be fine just like do not get into conversation with this person this person this person and how gay is that right so That's gay so like literally dykes to
3: watch out for literally the Bechtel <laughs> book book yeah <laughs> Dikes to watch out for by Alison Bechtel. yeah that was pretty gay and I really appreciated it I was swerving <laughs> like, I yeah. walked in, like, bobbing and weaving, <laughs> like, straight to the it's stage. It's so good to
2: have a heads up in those situations, because you can really, when there's so many yeah, dikes on the list.
3: <laughs> Saved me so much, like, squeamish conversation. Ugh, thank you, Carolyn. Right, like, I feel like we're
1: getting a little bit better at that because the last time we were (laughs) somewhere, too, I'm not going to say where, but as you were leaving, you're just like, heads up, this person is probably going to
2: try to trap you in an awful conversation. Avoid. And I'm like, great, great. We're leaving. (laughs) I am very good at breaking up those conversations. Like, my girlfriend's very polite and she'll stay in a conversation for a while. But if I'm ready to go, then I'm ready to go. And I'm pretty good at coming over and being like, oh, this was so fun. We're leaving. (laughs) And just ending it right there. (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, I got to get better about that. I need like a go-to line like, I have diarrhea or like something that's just like nobody's going to argue you. Like, just get out of that conversation. Melody, what's the gayest thing you did this week?
3: Well, I'm celebrating six years with my lover, Allie. Our actual anniversary is tomorrow, but... We have her niece coming into Congrats. town. She just landed. We we've got um we're gaunting, gay aunting uh for the week we're, <laughs> for the anniversary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she um it was the only time she could come. I'm cool with it. I love her. She's adorable. She's 12 years old. We're taking her to Wicked. Yes, she packed a ball gown. Um we're <laughs> taking her to Coney Island. We're going to take her to Top of the Rock. We're going rollerblading. It's gonna be uh, so cute. All she wants to do is quote, see big buildings and wants to know if there's Dunkin' Donuts in the city because I quote have to have my coffee. <laughs> She's so cute. It's because she idolizes Charlie D'Amelio, whose like whole brand is Dunkin' Donuts, right? Oh I my did not gosh. Know that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. She's always, at least in the beginning, in her rise, she always had an iced coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. And then, like, a lot of little tweens were like, absolutely, gotta have my coffee. <laughs> and it's like the Frappuccino-type drinks that barely has. It's mostly sugar. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so we're going to pump yeah. her full of sugar and hit the town, okay? Okay. We celebrated by going to the queer Beach by ourselves. very different experience. I feel like at Reese Beach, Emily, do you go to Reese Beach? I do okay. I do. do you feel like there are just so many Brooklyn queers there that it feels like a networking event, yes, most of the time
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like absolutely on on the fourth, I was at the beach, and the beach was so packed. That it's like I wasn't even at Reese I was I had there. To be, Adjacent, But there was a point where, like, me and all of my friends were like, let's do a stroll. And it was very much CNBC. You walk around. Yes. You see who you know. You're saying hi to everyone. It's it's a job now when you go. It is. It's exhausting. That's
1: what keeps me away from it. Yeah. Like, w- when you say that you and Allie went alone, I'm like, how did you go alone? Because anytime you go, I assume there's at least 20 people you Well, know.
3: what we did was go adjacent. Like, we went to. And what okay. I realized is that's the lesbian side. Like, I never never knew, like, the, the deep end of Reese Beach, like, the absolute end, it gets gayer and gayer, but it's, like, a lot of gay guys, it's a lot of queers, a lot of dykes, a lot of uh, trans, non-binary people are hanging out there, of course, but then if you don't go all the way in, just, like, where that burger stand used to be, two dudes, like, just, like, right in front, that area is all lesbians, and there's so much more space. It's like you're jam-packed, like, sardines in that super gay part, but it was still very queer. Yeah. It was, like, a lot of tourists, um, like, gay European men who, like, knew they should go there, but didn't realize you have to go all the way in, so they're like, we're here, we're queer, you know, like, um, so, <laughs> Allie and I kind of hid from everyone, because we knew we had friends there that day, but didn't go, like, all the way in, and it was Lovely.
2: And then you get that square footage. You get to really lay out.
3: Like, truly, we had a full, unobstructive view of the water.
2: (laughs) Never (laughs) happens there.
3: Wow. And we uh, took some mushrooms and took our tops off and had a lovely time. How did the mushrooms go? Because you've had varied experiences with that. Yeah, I'm on antidepressants, so I have to take, like, a lot for it to work. Does
2: that affect it?
3: Yes. Big time. SSRIs.
2: This explains something because I've done shrooms a few times and I'm never, I'm like, I don't think I'm tripping. I don't think it's really ever doing anything.
3: It takes a lot. That's. I take
2: an eighth to the face
3: and then I'll maybe feel like a little trippy, but nowhere near what my friends feel with the same batch and like half of an eighth.
2: Oh wow.
3: The only time I really felt it was in Amsterdam I went and it was like real deal. Like I went to a store, picked from a menu, it was like it really worked. Um but also I have to like fast a little bit mm. and right. so much goes into it. But what Allie and I did, we weren't like tripping. We <laughs> took 7 micro gummies each so a dose <laughs> like and it was like earlier in the day so there wasn't too much in our stomach like we felt like it was like our senses were heightened we were very giggly like we it was a little trippy like nice. man did I love the feeling of wet sand let me tell you mm. um he's <laughs> yeah. jumping in the water being like you gotta try this I feel like a dolphin like it's it was very <laughs> silly <laughs> and it was fun and you know I always recommend re-speech on this podcast but I got you got to go to the lesbian part.
2: (laughs) Like I had no idea. I mean, now that I know that it's right outside, it makes sense.
3: Outskirts. Yeah.
2: It makes sense. Lesbians love square footage.
3: Yes. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of which, what is the gayest thing you did this week?
2: Okay. So last night, my girlfriend and I got into an argument over who owns the walkie talkies that we have in the house. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) I would have never, someone asked me if I had walkie-talkies yesterday, and I enthusiastically said yes, and I was like, okay, that is the gayest thing I've done this week. And then I told her (laughs) that, because she's a huge fan of this podcast, and so she's been asking me, like, and pitching things for, like, the gayest thing that I did this week. Yes. And I was like, let me come up with it on my own, but so I told her that I was going to say that, and then she was like, but those are my (laughs) walkie-talkies. Now I was like, okay, well, now this argument is the thing that I've done is argue over whose walkie-talkies these are. Oh,
3: that's so great. Did we come <gasps> to a conclusion?
2: Okay, listen. So I think that they are ours because it's a whole saga. So you guys know that I tore my ACL recently and I like... Yes, had, yes. Okay, so I tore it skiing, which I started doing because she loves to snowboard. And so during the pandemic... When it was like, oh, there's no safe fun activities. It was like, oh, snowboarding, being outside in the cold, that's totally COVID safe. So then I started learning how to ski, and we were given walkie-talkies by one of her friends. We were given them for us to use when we were on the mountain. (laughs) So I believe it was a joint gift. She thinks that they were given to her. But I'm like, listen, I tore my ACL for you, so there are walkie-talkies now.
1: (sighs) For sure. Oh my gosh. This one, like, this is true love. Two, (laughs) I've never gone skiing in my life. So I didn't know that that's a thing that people have walkie talkies to communicate with each other.
2: Yeah. Well, because it's like not everybody goes down the mountain at the same speed. So it's like if you're waiting for someone and like people get hurt constantly, that's kind of the thing (laughs) with snowboarding and skiing. It's like, oh, you're just going to get hurt. Definitely. That's why I
1: don't
3: do
2: it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's why I don't do it.
2: Do you, Melody?
3: I uh, grew up snowboarding. I'm from New England. Like, my elementary school had a program called Ski Wednesday, even. And we would, like, all hop in a bus and go... uh, I first skied. But then I... (laughs) This is very gay. I got really into uh, Blue Crush... And I maybe even actually before that, before Blue Crush came out, I was just really into surf culture. It was really because like I would look up surfers that looked very dikey. And I was like, I it was that I don't know if I want to be them or be with them, whatever. But I can't do that in Connecticut. So I started snowboarding. And yes, many an injury. And then I moved to Chicago for like a decade. I I didn't obviously get to do that. I just left my snowboard behind. But in the pandemic, I wanted to start doing it again. But Allie, my girlfriend, does not do anything. That really involves hand-eye coordination, we'll be (laughs) honest. But we said that this winter, she will learn to ski because it's a lot easier to learn. That's what they said. While I snowboard. They say uh, skiing is... Easier to learn but harder to master. Master. Snowboarding's harder to learn, easier to master. Yeah. And that's true from experience. So that's what we're doing this upcoming winter. New York has some program where you can get a like season pass and there's like buses that go nice. from the city. This little like club you can join. So Okay, who's ready for a true
1: story? When I entered my MFA program this fall, I knew I was going to have so little time for cooking, so I wanted a solution that would let me have tasty, healthy meals in a flash so that after class, I could still have time and energy to be gay. So I signed up for Factor, which ships you ready-to-eat meals that are chef-created and dietitian approved They're fresh, never frozen, so all you have to do is stick them in the microwave for two minutes, and then they're nice and done. Um, The weekly menu has over 35 options. The salmon entrees are always my personal favorite, but they have um, a lot of things you can choose from, options for different dietary needs, like calorie smart protein plus and keto. They also have add ons for when you don't need an entire meal. Um, I tried some good cookies and some jerky, Uh, no prep, no mess. And when I looked into it financially, which was one of my main concerns, it was actually less expensive than uh, takeout and honestly, really close to the cost of buying ingredients at the grocery store down my block in New York City. Uh, And then I saved a lot of time. So to me, it was definitely worth it. Did I mention that the meals are also really delicious? Like I've yet to try one that I didn't like. So if that sounds good to you, I think you should give it a try too. Head to factormeals.com dikingout 50 and use code dykingout50 to get 50% off. That's code dykingout50 at factormeals.com dikingout 50 to get 50% off. Wander with us into a world of magic. Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with and reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. We'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.
2: Wow, well, if she needs to borrow any, I had just invested in skis and ski boots and the rods (laughs) truly like right before the trip where I tore my ACL. (laughs) So if she needs any of them, I was just getting good, you guys. I had, not, yeah. I had never done it, and I grew up in Vermont, and so, like, everybody else grew up skiing and wow. snowboarding, but oh, I'm, yeah! I'm one of five kids, and so it's like, there was no way my parents were going to pay for all five of us t- to do that, and so I just did right. it, and uh, my mom told me, she always told me growing up that I was too fragile, <laughs> and that I would get hurt, and it sucks that she was right. Oh, wait, I didn't know we
1: had the same mom. That's so weird. That's so weird. Yeah. My mom pulled me out of soccer because they didn't cancel games if it was raining. And she's like, you're going to get a cold. <laughs> like you're too fragile.
2: Too fragile. And a cold. The end of the world. I could
1: have been a soccer dyke.
2: Yeah. Ugh. I
1: could have been a soccer dyke.
2: You still can.
1: I guess so. I guess queer soccer is is a thing. But also the the fear of getting injured for me is like... Because as you experience getting an injury while living in New York, Ooh, it's like
2: one of the worst places. I didn't even
1: think yet of the subway. To have to get around. I yeah.
2: didn't think of any of it either. And then I knew someone who tore their ACL like three weeks before I did. And he lives in yeah. the suburbs and he doesn't have any stairs in his house. And it's like, I have to walk upstairs just to get to my apartment. Like I had to crutch up the stairs the day I had the surgery. It oh, is wild. But I think it just makes me tougher and cooler.
3: Totally. <laughs> for sure. And all disabled people in the city are badass oh, for that yeah. reason. Like,
2: it's Tougher actually oh, yeah, so yeah.
3: gross how the, most of the subways are not accessible.
1: Right. You have to go so far out of your way and like the systems that they have in place. Like I know that there are like specialty vans and stuff, but like the timing it takes to like actually get those rides and benefit from the systems the city has in place for for people with disabilities, especially disabilities around mobility. is Yeah.
3: I have a friend with MS who relies on that and it's always like, we'll see if I make it
2: like getting those uh vans there's a bus stop right in front of my apartment and if there's a car parked too far out then the bus can't pull up close enough to the curb to like lower to let in people who are on (gasps) wheelchairs and i've watched it happen before Uh, where the bus driver's like sorry and just drives away
3: oh my god no yeah it's a
2: rough place it's a rough place a tough city it really
3: is
1: (laughs) I have to ask, are you using the walkie talkies now for like other, like, did you use it when you had your ACL and you're like, I need water? Like I wish. Okay. So before,
2: before I tore my ACL, I like got a third degree sprain on my ankle. And when that happened, I know I'm a little bit accident prone. I also, I one time I also, I, this, this stuff just happens to me. I was leaving work. This was in 2018 and I worked in Chelsea market. And I was like rushing out of there. I was completely sober. And I walked headfirst into a pole and I split my head open and (laughs) I had to get stitches. I was completely sober. I just was walking so fast. (laughs) Because you want to get out of there, especially I I imagine if
3: you work there, because I go in there when I have like friends in town, family in town, bring them and I, it's it's not long before I have a panic attack.
2: Yeah. So I was trying to get out, but then I walked. I walked into the pole, and it's, like, I heard the contact. Like, I heard the pole before I felt it. And my first thought was, like, I knocked my teeth out. And once my teeth were there, I was, like, I'm fine. So then I went to keep going, and then this couple had been walking by, and they were, like, um, ma'am, are you okay? And I, like, turned to them, and I was, like, I'm fine. But they're, like, uh, you're bleeding. <laughs> I touched my head, and there was just, like, so much blood. Oh, yeah, my really God. I freaked out. God. Yeah. But so when I sprained my <laughs> ankle... I went to a goodwill and I got a little bell, a little porcelain bell, and I was like, "I'm gonna ring this whenever I need something." And yes, my girlfriend was like, "No, absolutely not." So she did not let me use the walkie talkies either.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Why? That's not as demoralizing as the bell. I that was like a '90s yeah. TV thing or movie, th- like someone would get sick and like get a little bell that you either ding or ring
2: it feels very old hollywood yes maybe it's not yeah it's way later than what what is that movie with joan crawford and betty davis where it's like joan crawford is the sixth sister and she's like locked away in a room and betty davis goes crazy and like keeps her there i know what you're talking about yeah my friend showed it to me after my surgery because she was like this is you now (laughs) the one who's, like, locked away in the room. Oh, it's a really good movie. Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? Yes, that's it. Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. (laughs) It's a really wild... So, Betty Davis, like, comes upstairs. She hates her sister. And she comes up and she brings her dinner. And her dinner is a... It's a squirrel that she killed. It's just in the yard. Oh, my (laughs) god. They really go there with it. Wow. Wow.
1: I I need to watch this right away. Uh... (laughs) Or or we need to remake it as a queer rom-com. That
2: would be really good. And I think so there's a neighbor. Yeah, like they're not sisters. Yeah. There's a neighbor who's obsessed with Joan Crawford's character who's like the old movie star. And that I think would be the romance in between the two of them. There's like lots of yearning looking through windows. Oh, yes. You weren't
1: thinking the romance would be between the sisters. I thought
2: about it for a second, but okay, I decided okay. ultimately no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, good. I call. wasn't sure if we could all get behind that. I feel but- like
3: it's been done by some male director, you know?
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
3: We don't want to step on his toes. Um. Absolutely. <laughs> for
1: sure. I definitely like I was a sickly child so I definitely did have a bell.
3: Uh, I always wanted one.
1: Yeah, cuz I I had like multiple surgeries as a child for things and you know, if, if there's like an upstairs and a downstairs in your house, you need a bell to get mom's attention.
2: Like Did you like the bell?
1: Yeah, I you know, I was a kid. I didn't I didn't care about how obnoxious it was for <laughs> for my mom, but like I remember Like my friends' homes would have like intercom systems in them. And I thought that was so wild. Like, do people do that anymore? (laughs) Our Jaws just dropped.
2: (laughs) Yeah, both of our Jaws dropped at the same time. I've only heard of intercom systems in schools.
1: (laughs) No. Like you've never seen this at a at a friend's house? No. No, I wasn't friends with Rockefellers, so (laughs) Oh, <laughs> I mean, my my one friend, her great uncle was the president of Mexico. So, like, <laughs> I think they, I think mean, they were a fancy family. They had intercom. Yeah, they had the intercom hookup. But I had like less fancy friends who definitely like in a house that's like not that big. Like, had intercoms, and you could like call into the the different rooms. And I always thought that was so funny. Uh,
3: like that was like the height of luxury for um, <laughs> at least what I was jealous of my friends for was like if someone had a second line. And they got to have oh. that in their room. And they'd be like, hold on, let me ask my mom. And then they'd call like the house line. Yes.
2: Uh, <laughs> yes. For me, it was if anybody had a pool, I was like, you are living a life of luxury. Yeah. I had this one friend who like lived around the block. From a pool in up. Vermont. Wow. You Yeah. Luxurious. Uh-huh. And I would just constantly try to weasel my way over. I would just like walk by her house because it was before, you know, cell phones. You couldn't text right. or anything. So I would just kind of loiter in her front yard. To see if they were home
1: yeah. if they would let me in the pool. <laughs> I did have a pool uh, growing up in Buffalo. Carolyn, can you log off? <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, Carolyn's
1: <Well>, a Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> but now I'm thinking uh, like, wait. Were people just friends with me because of my pool? But (laughs) actually, like, a lot of people had pools in... It's weird how many people have pools in Buffalo. But I think it's because nobody has air conditioning. Mm -hmm. Because it's Buffalo. So everyone, like, cools off by by going in their pools. I don't know. But, like, yeah. On, like, especially hot days, like, I noticed friends would be, like, randomly walking by my house. And be like,
3: oh, hey. (laughs) I don't know, Carolyn. You said you were a sickly child. (laughs) Like, I don't know if you... You made these friends just being out, scrapping around on the street. (laughs) So maybe.
2: Yeah. But if everybody had a pool, then you must have been, there must have been something special about your pool for them to come to. About my pool. I,
1: this is a little bit sad. Now I have this like distinct memory of me being like sick and unable to be in the pool, but I, told people that they could come over and swim in the pool oh and I was just like God. in my bedroom watching from the window as they were all having fun <laughs> and, <laughs> in the pool oh,
2: Tragic. and that is what built your character and that is why you are who you yeah, are yeah that's my
1: origin story <laughs> yeah.
2: that's so giving though if I had had a pool and I was sick and people asked to go in the pool I would have said no yeah, same. I said if I'm not <laughs> having fun no one's having fun <laughs> same. <laughs> kind of
3: always been the mo for me <laughs> <sighs> i mean let's get into your origin story yeah yes, my origin story yeah you said something you're like oh the city's rough and you kind of dropped into a character accent that did remind me of <laughs> marvelous miss Basil, <Maisel. laughs> and, <laughs> and you were in it i let's know. talk about your actor journey let's talk about what you've been up to? Ooh, yes. as an outdoor.
2: With Maisel, Maisel is wild because Maisel is the very first TV show that I ever auditioned for. Oh my God. And that was like four years before I ended up booking it. And so I had been auditioning for that show for so long before I finally got onto it. Yeah, my origin story as an actor starts at age four. Um, I My mom put me into dance, and she put me on the stage. And then when we were like in our pose for the final bow, and I heard the applause, I then was like, oh, I'm staying here. <laughs> so everybody else got up, because they were like, oh, it's done. And I stayed, and the dance teacher had to come carry me off. And so that is when a star was born. <laughs> I was like, I'm made for this. And then... Yeah. And so, I mean, I came to New York as all of us dreamers do. Mm-hmm. Also, side note, my therapist said to me recently, she loves to talk about my dreams and I love to talk about my dreams. And my girlfriend told me recently that no one wants to hear you talk about your dreams <laughs> except for your therapist. And I repeated this to my therapist and she said, well, Emily, not everyone's a dreamer. <gasps> I, just I was like, okay, so you think you're a dreamer? <laughs> and you're confidently saying that to me like no hint of irony or anything wow so I think we're all dreamers if we move to New York yeah
3: that's a New York therapist yes yes yeah,
2: she really is
3: <laughs> I love that
2: yeah then I moved to New York I auditioned for Maisel the first time and I was called back and I was like, I was like, so easy. I was like, acting is so easy. (laughs) I got one audition. I'm going to book it. And then it wasn't until during the pandemic and it was so incredible to finally do it. My scene was with um, Alex Bordenstein. And I was super fortunate. I've done a few like small TV jobs where it's like, you go, you have a few lines, you're only there for the day. So you're seeing like all the main cast interact but you're just kind of on your own, like, ooh, wild. <laughs> but for Maisel, it was me and, like, a series of other girls who were also in this scene who were also day players. And for a lot of them, it was their first time on set. And so I got to go in and kind of feel like a pro. And so all yes. of them were super afraid to talk to Alex, but I was like, I can do it. <laughs> and so we chatted about how in the scene took place in her office And in her office, in a lot of the scenes, if you've watched the season, there's pigeons in Mm -hmm. there. And they would have live pigeons there. And she had told me when we were rehearsing that there would be live pigeons during our scene. And I was so excited. (laughs) (laughs) But then they ended up cutting them for time. Oh, Cutting the pigeons for time, which I was bummed about. (laughs) But I got to talk to Alex Bornstein about the pigeons. And that made my day. I mean,
3: you, you looked incredible
2: in that scene. Oh, my God. The
3: costume. Right?
2: <laughs> ah! uh, what's so funny is that I, so when I had that very first Maisel audition in Callback, when I showed up to the Callback, I was the only girl wearing pants. And one of the girls like sitting in the waiting room was like, wow, you chose to wear pants. Brave. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure they wear pants in the 60s. But so I didn't book that one. And then when I went to my costume fitting, I came in and the woman was like, set out some pants for me. And then I told her that story about the callback. And she was like, that's so funny. Our costume designer looked at the photo of you and said, this one would wear pants. (laughs) I was like, okay, gaydar. (laughs) She knew. (laughs) And then I did, and I thought I looked so good. Oh, yeah. And that hair, the hair that they did was incredible. I had like a shag haircut at the time, and I was like, oh, no, is this going to be hard for them to style? But it actually curled perfectly, and then I did not wash it for like three days. (laughs) I really tried to keep it because it looked so good. Really,
1: truly. Uh, That's so fun. I had a friend who did background work on Boardwalk Empire, mm -hmm. and it's just like even as just being in the background, you get like three hours of hair and makeup and are Mm -hmm. like given this like
2: extraordinary
1: costume. And
2: it's so fun. It really makes it. Once you have someone else doing your makeup, you're like, okay, I'm an absolute star. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh. When I did my first TV job was on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which was so incredible. It was like the last season. And in that one, Ellie Kemper had to open up a box with butterflies in it. So this is, again, me working with live animals. (laughs) And she had to open up the box with the butterflies. Typecast. I know. They were like, this girl loves... I also play a lot of... It's like always a period piece. So it's like in Kimmy, it was a flashback episode. So it's supposed to be like 2007. And then I was in the loudest voice. And I was in the episode that was about 9-11. my friend, my role in that, they cut... I had one line in that, and they cut it. Um, still swore about it. Yeah. I, it was like we had to run up to the roof, and then it was as if I were, I was an assistant at Fox News, and we run up to the roof, and one of the buildings had already been struck. And so my reaction had to be to the second plane hitting the second Twin Tower. And when that came out, me and all of my friends were like, I am the new queer face of 9-11. Because there's just... <laughs> 'Cause they cut my line, but there's a close up of me just looking like horrified. <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm a period actor. Measle, two thousand seven Kimmy, 9-11. <laughs>
3: oh my god, what's next? I can't wait to I see. Know. So wait, get back to the butterflies
1: though. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. So the butterflies,
2: so it was like she was supposed to open the box and the butterflies were supposed to fly away. And they had like yeah. two boxes of butterflies. And the first one that opened up, I think they were fully dead. <laughs> And they're like wow. open up and nothing happened, and she like shook the box a little bit. Still, nothing flew out, and they're like, "It's okay, it's okay." And like, tried to, and then what they had to do is take all of the live butterflies and put them into a different box for her to then open it up. So it is a little bit animal cruelty, but it was a, they got the shot. <laughs> That's what's important, right? Oh
3: my god, because they got
2: the shot of those butterflies. You always see something about that with
3: butterflies, like <laughs> on Drag Race on the finale, one of the. Queens Asia O'Hara did like a reveal and mm-hmm. um, opened a box of butterflies, and they were just like dead, like falling dead on the stage. They're <laughs> very sensitive creatures.
1: It's the same
2: with like when people let out like doves and stuff at weddings. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. They,
1: that's
3: always a big risk. Yikes! <laughs> and
2: you can't—you don't know. And also, they're animals; they're unpredictable. So I guess Maisel—they made the right call in cutting the pigeons. Who knows?
3: What could it pop Well, they auditioned, too, just like you.
2: They did for four years. It took just (laughs) as long for the pigeons as it did for me (laughs) to get on that show.
3: (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. (sighs) Congratulations. Um, Thank you. (laughs) You also have more fun projects coming
2: up. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Let's talk about One Million Girls.
2: One Million Girls. So One Million Girls is Gara, who has done the pod before, friend of the pod. Yeah, Gara and I, we, we say it's our revolutionary brainchild. And so it's like we've been doing our live show, which is mostly us doing characters and music and dances. And spitting in each other's mouths. Yes. We do do that pretty often because people <laughs> love it. Yeah. It was a hit One, It's kind of like
1: with toddlers. It's like you do something that makes mm-hmm. them laugh once and you're like, well, I guess I have to do this For 900 more, more times. Yeah.
2: <laughs> It is. It's that we, oh my gosh, at one of our recent shows, we wrote a jukebox musical and where it was, we were turning disobedience, you know, Rachel on Rachel. We were turning disobedience into Demi-bedience. So we did it all with Demi Lovato songs. (laughs) (laughs) And of course we had to spit in each other's mouths. Yeah. You
3: have to.
1: Wow. This is two episodes in a row where we're talking about the mouth (laughs)
3: spitting and disobedience. This is great. I love Not it. Not the last. It was a huge cultural shift
2: when that came out. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Huge. <laughs> Changed the game.
3: I saw it at BAM with a bunch of older <laughs> white people who, oh my God. what are you guys doing here? And I just, I did see the spit, but I also whipped my neck around to look at everyone else's reaction at the time. And were they, and they loving it? it? They were a little, it was a lot of furrowed brows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Cecilia and I screamed
3: yeah we just scream
1: we're just like ah.
2: (laughs) yeah I I rewound immediately I was like what
1: (laughs) and to be doing that during COVID brave
2: well that's the thing is I only spit into Gara's mouth I will not right right right. I I don't think I could be on the receiving end of that
1: okay one time
2: I spit into Gara's mouth and they told me that they could taste it for an hour (gasps) afterwards how horrible is that (laughs) did
3: you just have coffee
2: (laughs) listen no i think we were drinking so it probably just tasted like stale beer Uh, maybe it's maybe 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 i should go to a dentist (laughs) like what does that say about me but so after they told me that i'm like you can never spit in my mouth
0: (laughs) you you did it to yourself
2: (laughs) yeah
1: love that reciprocal relationship uh in disobedience the like one of the reasons because i thought like it looks weird, but it's because they used a flavor lube. So next time you spit into Kara's mouth, use flavored lube and see.
2: Oh, see that'll happens. probably taste better for them. Yeah. Yeah. Normally I just really work something up and then I just spit. Plus
1: it'll look really impressive. They'll be like, whoa. That's How
2: did she produce so
1: much spit? So much clear <laughs> saliva.
2: Yeah. I Maybe we'll add it in the pilot. Yeah. Yes. Because Garrett and I were turning our live show into the pilot. That's what we're filming it next weekend, too. Oh, my we God. All oh, of, my god! I have like a shipment of like eight wigs coming in today. I'm so <laughs> excited to see them. <laughs> <laughs> That's so exciting. Yeah, I'm so pumped. It's like our, the entire crew that we've assembled is queer. Our entire cast is queer. So it's just going to be like four days of filming these like very wacky characters and sketches with just like a bunch of queers in one space. I'm really pumped for yes. it.
1: Yes, I love it. I think who's directing it?
2: Valeria Avina, I think, is their last name.
1: Valeria okay.
2: They're They're a professional clown.
1: Great. That's fun. <laughs> Isn't
2: that amazing? We were, like, we were like, who? Because Gara and I have such a tight-knit, we're in we're operation. We we do what we do. We're so used to working together and improvising. Yeah. And so it was like, we really need to find someone who's comfortable, you know, kind of becoming a throuple with us and who's just down to get very weird. And mm. that is exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly Val. <laughs>
3: Oh my god! Yeah, uh, yeah. If your live shows are any indication, that's gonna be hilarious. I, h- how you guys are so prolific. I don't. uh congrats on finding each other. Like, I
2: we really lucked out with that.
3: When I picture you two, it's like entangled. Like you guys are just like yeah. one. Because
2: that's also what we do on stage. Yeah, <laughs> <'Cause> we always <laughs> somehow end up all over each other.
3: <laughs>
1: What's the origin story there yeah. of you and Gara?
2: So. Gara and I first met at, like, an LGBTQ comedy competition. And so we met at that, and Mm. I did not like them. I was like, no, annoying. And Gara knows this, so I can say this. I was like, no, (laughs) not for me. Because I think that they just seemed too cool. And whenever someone seems too cool for me, I'm like, okay, we don't like each other. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so then I was like, oh, I don't know about them. And then we ran into each other again. We were both at HBO Women in Comedy Festival. And then there, I was like, oh, okay, we're both at this thing, too. And then we had them with my improv team that I had before the pandemic. Because pandemic kind of took improv from a lot of people.
3: Yeah,
1: for sure. It's harder to
2: get a group of people in one place just to play pretend. It's like, is it worth it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We were already questioning if if it it was worth worth it it before the pandemic. (laughs) We were all on our own journeys. And then the pandemic came and, like very kindly made that decision for a lot of people. Like, I think yeah. it really helped a lot of hopeless improvisers out. It was a relief. Like, nope, you can't do it anymore.
2: <laughs> Set them free. Yeah. Set them free. You don't have to yes and. <laughs> My sister thinks that it's not yes and. She thinks it's and if. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's like, I'll say something and she'll be like, and if. <laughs> That's not it. That's not it. Uh, but so we had Gara on one of our improv shows. And I think that I like to think of Gara as like my little talent scout where Gara saw me and then was like, we're doing it. And then we were on another show where I did musical comedy on it. And then they approached me and asked me to host a show that they had been producing with someone else. And so I first came on as like, oh, I'll help out host. And then it was just so clear that our sensibilities were so, it's so musical and it's so, and it's also very improv based. And so it was just such a match made in heaven. And so then from there, we're like, okay, we got to take the show on the road. (laughs) <laughs> and we gotta milk it for all it's worth. At our last show, Carolyn, when you were talking about the tarot cards, I did a character where I came out to do tarot readings. My name was Deborah and I was just helping everybody out doing a tarot reading. And Gara <laughs> Gara and I started to do a bit where they had said that I was their mom's friend, but then Gara and I started to, like, have sexual tension in this improv scene we were doing. And we were like, how do we get out of this? Because it's like, okay, the audience either wants us to kiss or they want us to stop. And so we were, like, working towards kissing, but we were like, this feels inappropriate. And then I was like, let's pull a card. And the card that we pulled was the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and we are like, that's a sign. We got to drop the bit. <laughs> we got to stop. <laughs>
1: that's so funny and also i think reminds me of an old listener question we have that was like somebody that was having sexual tension with their mom's friend and it oh, was like my mom's right. friend
3: keeps hitting on me one of our last ones no, just kidding that's they're not that's not why
2: <laughs> wait did you guys give advice
1: yeah we're like don't not do appropriate <laughs> don't run away <laughs> uh. This person was like very young, too. I think they were like 20 and their mom's friend was like being very inappropriate and what I think was like going through a divorce and it's like
3: a million red flags run away. They really laid out a list of red flags and we're like, so what should I do?
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, if you need (laughs) to hear it from us. Oh my, you guys, this reminds me of. Okay, I told you guys in the message. There is this lesbian age gap TikTok couple that I've been dying to tell you guys about. Okay. Let's go. Are you guys on TikTok? No, I... Good for you. Yeah, I was just looking at your TikTok,
3: okay? (laughs) Yeah, like, good following there. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Look at her. (laughs) Viral. I'll seek out select TikToks from from people I know, but I do not just scroll on TikTok. But there is like a lesbian age gap couple that I'm also like there was a point where I went down the rabbit hole with them and I'm wondering if it's the same one. So keep talking.
2: Okay, so. The algorithm, if you're really on there as much as I am on there, it really starts to know you. And so, pretty quickly, TikTok was like, okay, into lesbian MILFs. And so then (laughs) it just kept showing me all of these older lesbian women. And there was this one woman who was like maybe 46, and she had just come out. And this was in like early pandemic. So it's like 2020. She had just come out and she was posting about like, coming out later on and starting to date and of course all of these young little lesbians come crawling in the comments and they're like you're so yummy mommy like everyone wanted her and she was and so she would post videos being like no i will absolutely not date anyone under the age of 40 and then on one historic day she posted a tiktok where she was lip-syncing to this song where it goes fuck what I said, that don't mean shit now. And everyone went nuts in the comments. They were like, this is about age. She's dating someone younger. It turns out that she started dating this 22-year-old girl who lived like all the way across the country, like East Coast, she was West Coast. They start a long distance TikTok relationship. She ends up moving this 22-year-old out to live with her out West. And then like two months ago, they got married. Oh, okay. And I have to I have to say the 22-year-old is an aspiring rapper and she is white. Just just a thing to note. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so, two things. One, I'm
1: definitely not familiar with with this couple. This is yeah, the same one. No, this was like an Instagram couple where it's just like the one person is definitely I mean has to at least be in their 50s and the other person <laughs> is like I think she's Bra- She's just like young and Brazilian and like really hot and then like just it's, young just, and hot. it's just like them like making out like I, I, I don't know it, it's, it's just bizarre and uh not like, ju- just the whole thing about it. It, it, it just feels like it's all done for the gram, but people are like, "What? what is this? Two, this sounds like the blueprint for Rosie O'Donnell's new relationship.
2: Oh, I was just showing <laughs> Jamie this morning. It's not that <laughs> big of a this difference. New girl, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but how much of an age gap is that? It's almost 20 years. Early 40s and 60s.
1: Early 40s and sixty. Yeah. Okay. okay. And Rosie, when she was on our podcast, yes. said that she wasn't gonna, that she couldn't do millennials, that millennials were like sliding into her DMs and she's like, no. But that's a zen-ial. <laughs> That Yeah. And <laughs> it was over TikTok that she met this person and they're both on the West Coast, but she lives in Seattle.
2: So it's still long distance.
3: Um, I'm so sorry that I'm so, uh, so much of a stalker. I believe she lives in Tacoma.
2: Oh, Tacoma, you're right, you're right.
1: (laughs) Tacoma, yes. Amy, Amy lives in Tacoma. She's a creator.
3: She's, like, got a big following. She's a creator, yeah, yeah. Rosie's always on TikTok, too, so... Always um, on TikTok. And she had videos about how she prefers older women, like, Mm -hmm. before all this, so I'm so glad they found each other.
2: And I remember seeing her answer people being like, yeah, maybe I would date someone from TikTok, I don't know, but, like, I'm not looking, and then... Love found her.
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) So the two that I follow, it's Jamie and Lily are their names. Jamie, like, stopped posting, like, in the recent year. So Jamie's not posting, and that's the one that we all want. She's the MILF. And so we want to see her contact. And so now we're just seeing Lily, and, like, Lily's writing songs about her. There's one called My Baby that does get (laughs) Stuck in my head now because I think I've watched too many TikToks of her (laughs) doing them about her. Oh, my gosh. You have to look up and see photos from their wedding, too. It's really wild.
1: What's the handle of one of them? Yeah.
2: Okay. It's.
1: I just need a visual reference. Right. Same. (laughs) We have to. It's
2: Drippin Lil. Driven Lil? Drippin. Remember, aspiring white rapper. It's Uh. D-R-I-P-P-I-N-N. Lil, and that's the younger one. Okay.
1: <laughs> just looking at the the page in TikTok, that's just like yeah, short gifs of all the videos. I'm just like problematic.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. It's just like, how did she? We were all so in love with Jamie, and it's just like, how did they? How did
3: this happen? Her one of her first when you're tickling her, and she lets out a little stinky fart. <laughs>
2: And that's her song, That's My Baby. And then she
3: hashtagged it, That's My Baby. <laughs> no.
1: I'm, I'm so scared to watch any of these. I see one that just has text over it, Black creators slash Black Community, please comment your opinion.
3: <laughs> oh, no, you don't want <laughs> like, <so> that. I'm so
1: curious. <laughs> okay, babe. <laughs> Ooh, so curious. Oh, wait. Jamie's
3: hot.
2: Jamie is hot. I don't know what I was expecting, but
3: Jamie's hot. She
2: is And she also, she just recently got this haircut and recently like a year ago, but it like it was right before she stopped posting that she got this haircut and she used to have this like long hair and like shaved on one side Mm. and she'd always do this one like sexy flip, the same one to the camera.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. wow, wow, Thank you for this gift. Yes. I will be doing a deep dive seconds after we log off. I'm also off.
2: this okay, she is not gay, but I feel like she's a gay icon. Her name is Nancy. I follow her. She posts dance videos. She's very much like a mom living in the Bay Area. And she would post they're very sexual, Ooh. these dances that she posts. And you can tell that she's just living her best life. I you guys have to look her up.
3: Nancy. <laughs> I can't explain
2: her. It's Nancy dot and then it's Teresi. T E R E S I. Yep. There she as is. As soon as they did Nancy dot Oh, I've seen her. You've seen Nancy. <laughs> yeah. I love Nancy. I guess my and algorithm th- knows that I like <laughs> less, or <laughs> MILF, I guess. Yeah, it's MILF Talk. Yeah. <laughs> she I follow her on Instagram because I really I love her. I feel like in another universe I am Nancy. Like, I'm just redoing the lights in my bathroom to look better on TikTok. She did that.
3: Yep. I just went to her. <laughs> You're the only one I know following her. Hot gay celebrity It's following yes. Nancy. Much smaller following she, there. You're one of her dedicated 569.
2: I am, She went live on Instagram yesterday. There were three people on it. I was one of them. And I asked her oh questions my and she answered them. Yeah. Well, who else is she going to answer she said that her favorite dance move is body rolls
3: Ooh. oh
1: she's good <laughs> that was gonna be my follow-up what are your questions
2: yeah i asked where she i asked where she was from bay area what her favorite dance move was body rolls bay area <laughs> and, yeah. body rolls. and then i told her that i hope she has a great night and that her videos bring me joy and then she blew me a kiss and said love you girl oh
1: my wow. god wow you didn't ask if she's been with uh women in a biblical way
2: I should have. I should have. It just felt so intimate there, only the three of us. Right. I didn't want to scare her away.
3: (laughs) She lives in the Bay Area.
2: She's been
1: asked that before.
2: (laughs) I've never been to California. You've never been? You could tell me anything about California and I'd believe it. You're
1: too fragile. You're
2: too fragile. Too fragile for California.
1: It's on fire right now. You should not be there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't handle it.
1: Wow. Well, I mean... You're going to have to be out there at some point with your acting career and your
3: pilot and all that. I mean,
2: yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping that I go for work.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And if you do end up there, like living there, like you just have no choice but to live there as an actor, you're going to have to be driving.
2: I, I just got my driver's license.
3: Okay, I saw your TikTok about learner's permit, (laughs) Mm -hmm. your take on Olivia Rodrigo's (laughs) driver's license. It's so funny.
2: (laughs) So I was going to ask, where are you with your driving journey? I got my driver's license also, it was because of the pandemic. I always said, I was like, I'm not going to get my driver's license because I'm going to be so rich. I'm going to have a driver. I don't need to know. (laughs) That's what I said. (laughs) And then, you know, the pandemic came around. I was like, maybe I should learn. (laughs) <laughs> maybe <laughs> wait e- even in vermont you weren't driving yeah isn't that wild i well the thing is my town was so small i could walk to school i could walk to the grocery store that i worked at and then i mean i had friends who lived like 45 minutes away because my my high school was so small it was five different towns all in one and but then my friends would just drive me places and so right. i didn't i think my older sister didn't get it and i also was so I wanted to go to college and I was working to like save money to go to college. And I was like, well, if I get my driver's license, I have to pay for the test. I then have to pay for insurance. I have to pay for a car. So for me, it was a fiscal decision. (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to do it. And then I went to college. I went to University of Vermont in Burlington, which is a very walkable city. And so, and then I moved here. So I was like, I don't really need it. But then I did get it during the pandemic. So I could drive in LA. I don't know if I should. (laughs) But I can. <laughs> I did. I got a speeding ticket.
3: Oh, man. Already?
2: And I got points on my license, like a bad one. In Brooklyn? Um, I was driving on the Taconic, and I was driving back. My dad got remarried over the holidays. What a wild time to have a wedding, by the way. It's like, oh, this is convenient for everyone. No, it's not.
3: Yeah, I did one of those just before the pandemic, and I was, I was like, this is rude. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and also like in vermont it's so cold and so we were driving back and so naturally i was just coming from watching my father get remarried i was like i gotta get home so i was speeding and i got i got caught big time
3: wow wow yeah now you're really a driver
2: i really am well my girlfriend taught me which can you believe that we stayed together through her teaching how to drive wow (laughs) The number of times I would cry parallel parking. My dad wouldn't
3: teach me because he tried once and then said he has high blood pressure and he will get a heart attack and it (laughs) would be my fault if he died.
2: (laughs) And you're like, okay, I guess I don't want to kill you. So
3: Yeah. yeah. And then I was taught by my mom who disregards all authority and rules and would be like, you can, you can turn on that red that clearly said you couldn't if you have to pee. <laughs> like, we got to get home. I really have to pee. Do it. Um, so I get, I get tickets. I definitely do.
1: Yeah, my my wife, she hadn't driven in a while. So she had her license and drove like years ago. But then when she moved to New York, she hadn't driven for like eight years or something before we got a car. So she was like a little bit nervous to get back behind the wheel. And she was like, you know, maybe we could just like, do a little practice or something. And I'm like, ask my sister. I'm like, next time we're in Buffalo, maybe Chrissy will get in the car with you because I feel like it's not good for our relationship to have. Cause she gets like so nervous when she's driving yeah. and I'm next to her. She gets like extra nervous and like, like messes up just because i'm there and then i'm like okay you're driving into oncoming traffic and she's like it's just because you're here and i'm like i hope so i hope that when i'm not here you are not driving into oncoming traffic
2: well that's the thing learning from jamie it was like she'd be like okay and now you have to reverse into the spot and i'm like but how do i tell how far to go she's like i don't know you just feel it yeah (laughs) and i'm like that is not teaching me anything (laughs) We like we definitely had to park and like watch YouTube videos on how to do things because I she could not communicate it to me and I was I would just be like tell me what do I do I'm driving. So yeah.
3: What's her sign? I know you're a Cancer.
2: Yeah, she's a Taurus.
3: Mm, yeah. Respect. So we
2: we're, we're actually I listened to you guys' episode the other day where you guys were talking about how none of you are compatible.
3: Right. And, yeah. On paper.
2: And Jamie and I are actually we're very compatible on paper. We like I love to do it when I'm like talking with someone and they just start dating someone, I'll be like, Oh, like what's their sign? And then I'll be like, Let's look up the compatibility and it's always like, you know, like sixty percent and I'll be like, I should look up my and Jamie's, I've never done that before. And then I look it up, I'm like, Oh, ninety nine percent. And just rub it in their faces. Congratulations. <laughs> Suckers. Do
1: do you feel like it makes a difference though? Like based on past like non compatible relationships?
2: Well, I I don't know. It's like what is astrology and what is just us as humans being compatible? Right. You know, I do feel like it adds this feeling of like security like I'm such an anxious person and I love to worry about things going wrong and so it's like I can't really worry that we're not compatible because the stars say we are yeah you know and so it's like if we're ever fighting I'm like we'll get through it because we're 99% compatible yeah <laughs> <laughs> and my grandparents are actually a cancer Taurus couple and they and there's they're a second marriage that has been together for a long time so that's how you know it's real it's like they just got married and stuck it out right (laughs) they chose to redo it together yeah love that what are your partner signs
3: Sagittarius and Gemini
2: I don't know anything about Sagittarius's you know they're very (laughs)
1: uh they don't like to be told what to do um very just like (laughs) floating around wanting to to do like different things like i feel like it's a good balance because when she's like floating sometimes i like pull her back down a little bit and then Mm -hmm. when I have like my head in the ground or I'm just like tunnel vision whatever she's you know smacks me across the face not literally but is like hey like go outside for a walk like yeah smell nature like you need a break that kind of stuff so I feel like it's a great balance because we kind of like help each other where we need it
3: most but what do you think about the Capricorn Gemini Combo. <laughs> I'm like I don't know what to say. It's it's every day's uh new adventure. <laughs> 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 Yeah, we don't, like, base too much off of it, except for when we're fighting. And we're like, this is just because we're not compatible on paper, but we love each other and we're getting through it. (laughs) Like, it only comes up in conflict. Yeah. The astrological stuff. But I I mean, I didn't know about
1: astrological stuff that much when I was dating a Gemini, but that was, like, a super toxic, bad relationship. But I think that was more of it just being, like, my first... Long term relationship, and a lot of it was long distance and all that. So, I don't know how much I could be like, Oh, it's because they're a Gemini tonight. I actually have a date with a Gemini.
3: Oh, look at that. See a second time, and the first time it went really well. So, yeah, I just like we're so different and we balance each
2: other out. Yeah, yeah, you know more going in now about Geminis, yeah, really it.
3: What not to do? Say
1: that's been one of the interesting things about like opening things up and like kind of dating around is getting to experience signs that I didn't experience before, like with more astrological knowledge and then definitely projecting things onto these people based <laughs> on that.
3: I mean, you're going to astrological themed queer parties where yes, yes. All the dykes are wearing, is it a wristbands wristband that says their sign? Yes. Have you seen people like swerve? <laughs> other people because of their sign or
1: (laughs) I I haven't observed that but yeah I I don't know Uh, have you been to a scope party Emily or no
2: no but I kind of just feel like dykes in general should just wear those because every single (laughs) conversation when two queers meet each other is always just like what's your sign
3: Right, And
1: yeah. so right. I think
2: it would just save us the convo if we all just have it right there.
3: Right. I know. I want to add it instead of like, what's the gayest thing? Or in addition to up yeah. top, just establish that just for the listeners. I feel like they they want to know right away.
1: Yeah. Right. You should ask big three. Mm, like, and yeah.
2: you're big three. It,
1: it's so yeah. funny because that, that toxic relationship that I often fondly refer back to, when i met that this is the person that like made me realize that i was a lesbian like when i found out that they were gay like i thought my stomach was going to just like come out of my body like i was like what what is this and when i first met them and talked to them the first question they asked me was what's your sign and this was back in like high school so And like someone from a different school, I'm like, what's my like, nobody's ever asked me that in my (laughs) life. I'm like, wow, this person was really ahead of the curve on queer culture that back then that was their lead question. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And of course, that that was the person who made you realize. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It was I didn't meet a lesbian until I was 15 like I grew up in such a small town in Vermont and like I obviously knew what a lesbian was but I hadn't met any and I had always had this like sneaking suspicion that I was not straight <laughs> and then I went to an art camp and then there were so many young lesbians there and it was literally just just as like I just recognized it and I was like okay all right. And then I put it in my back pocket and I was like, we'll explore that once we go to college.
3: It's it's (laughs) gotta be like a, am I a lesbian or am I a resident of Vermont? At least from the outside looking in, (laughs) it's like, would be, it's hard for me to tell. Emily, I forgot (laughs) we had this conversation
2: because I had to get
3: my passport
1: renewed north of Burlington in this like random town. And you're from that town or next? To I'm it? from
2: 20 minutes north of it. Okay, okay. You're in Saint Albans, yeah.
1: Yes, in Saint Albans. Crazy thing, which I was like very lucky for, that there was an appointment in Saint Albans, Vermont. Even though I had to drive like 12 hours <laughs> round trip in one yeah. day to get my passport. But someone else I know just had to drop a thousand dollars to get <gasps> a passport renewal and time to go to a wedding. Oh,
3: dang. they must really love that person. It's so
1: hard to get, like, an official appointment through a U.S. passport agency that, like, yeah, that, that was the only feasible one. But when I was there, Cecilia and I were looking around and we're like, is everybody in St. Albans a lesbian? Or is this how everybody looks? And I've never been so confused. Like, I've been to a lot, you know, Brooklyn. Like, I've been to a lot of places where where everybody looks queer. But this was, like... I would be shocked if this person wasn't a lesbian. And they were always, like, traveling in pairs. But I'm like, they can't all be lesbians, right? They're not. <laughs> is this just, like, Vermont? It's just, like, dikey looking yeah. women traveling in pairs?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, flannels, Birkenstocks, yep. like, that is Vermont. And then also, like, I'll see people in Bushwick, like, wearing, like, like camouflage is very in now and it's like we're queering yeah. like the farm boy aesthetic but that just is the aesthetic in vermont <laughs> and so i think it, if you're coming from brooklyn and you're going through you're like oh we're all gay <laughs> but growing up there i'm like no <laughs> or we all were just very quietly just <laughs> very quietly
3: wow we gotta get to vermont <laughs> we gotta yeah. put on a show in vermont and just find out for ourselves i would
2: love to bring like a ton of queers to Swanton and just see what happens there just see how it feels you yeah.
1: know we should put on a show though because when I was posting from St. Albans some other listeners message and we're like oh my gosh we just bought a house there and if <laughs> Dyking Out came and did a show we would bring so many queer people that we know and pack it out oh my
2: god let's queer rural Vermont
1: let's yes. do it
2: let's do let's it let's do it
1: okay i know we all have a lot going on but i would kind of love to do this so let's start looking at dates
2: absolutely we should do it in fall In like yes. Keep oh, leaf
3: yes. yes
1: yes yes
2: yes i was gonna say we should just we should just get a big house and yes. everyone on the show can stay in the house oh my yes. gosh wait we gotta do it and we should do corn mazes i love corn mazes <laughs>
3: uh now we're in a heat wave right now and I'm so looking forward to that yes I love fall oh
1: my gosh just like in New England like a queer fall festival because I feel like those are so straight but if we do all the straight activities but like make it gay yeah I think okay we're we're on to something here wow 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 <laughs> yeah. what a meeting of the minds
2: yeah watch this space <laughs> Well, we have to uh,
1: wrap up. We do have one last question for you. Yes. Even
3: though you already kind of did with the TikTok
2: of it all, do you have any gossip for us? Oh, gossip. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, I have a friend who, so this is the lesbian web of connection. I'm friends with her girlfriend. She has two moms. She (laughs) was a donor baby. And she recently did her DNA and sperm banks tell you that they can only have like seven submissions from like one guy because it's like you can't, she has over 26 half siblings and she, and they keep finding them and she just found out and they're all about to like meet up and do like a family reunion, um, (sighs) which is just, they could have met each other. They could have dated each other. Oh my gosh.
1: Right. No judgment, but this is yeah. why we didn't use a sperm bank. Like I I know a lot of people who use sperm banks and stuff, but like that I kept going back to that and I'm like, look, if we have a kid, I don't want them being like just at a twenty three in me. Um we have thirty people coming to Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> like I don't I don't want to be brought into that many people's lives. Based on some dude's sperm that I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't need
2: that sperm to be that powerful. But I would watch that movie. I know. That's the thing. I'm like, you guys, you got to film this whole family reunion. I need to see, do you guys look alike? What's up? And they were, yeah. they were all in close proximity. It was all kind of like within the same like three states. Arrow. But that's why it's
1: freaky because people are attracted to people who look like them. So I also feel <laughs> like, like, yeah, if you don't know who your half siblings are, like there, there's actually, I think, a much higher chance that you would randomly date like a mysterious half sibling. Than... Yeah,
2: that is funny to me, though, that people are attracted to people that they look like because I could never date a blonde. I feel like I'm the blonde. <laughs> like I've only dated brunettes, and all of all of my exes, they're they all brown hair and all the same like Warby Parker glasses, all of them, all yeah. of my serious exes look the exact same.
3: <laughs> Is it like you're not attracted to blondes, or like it's like an ego?
2: thing probably a little bit of both yeah
1: <laughs> so it's funny because i'm like when my hair isn't pink it's like strawberry blonde and i've never dated a redhead but i've always been like very attracted to redheads like my whole life and then i knew this other redhead and they're like i could never date a redhead because we just look like siblings and i'm
3: like something's <laughs> wrong with me <laughs> <Something>. <laughs> Yeah, I had a no blondes rule and I had a no Gemini's rule actually. And look and at me no now. Rule, and... and a no comedian <laughs> rule. And a no comedian rule. And here we are. For a Capricorn, you really hate rules. <laughs> I really do. I'm a 12th house Capricorn. But yeah, Allie used to dye her hair like a lot blonder. So it's a little brunetti now. Anyways.
2: Because she stopped because you said no. <laughs>
3: yeah also it's (laughs) expensive she has like a mane it's like so much hair like they charge her double for haircuts yeah emily where
1: should people follow you on the socials
2: yes you can follow me on instagram and on tiktok the at is hot gay celebrity
3: absolutely
1: perfect perfect handle love (laughs) it I love that so much and everybody follow and go see one million girls
2: yeah is there a GoFundMe too well so we actually we just finished raising our money I think we will be raising money as we shoot for post production so I would keep an eye out on our socials and we do have an Instagram now too for one million girls it's at one million and then it's (laughs) G-R-R-R-L-S so girls Mm -hmm. with three R's And so we'll be posting on there. There's not yet an announcement for when the pilot will be released, but I would uh, keep your eyes peeled. Yes.
1: Amazing. We can't wait. wait.
2: And you can follow
1: us at Diking Out and at Diking Out Podcast on TikTok. We're going to get around to it one day. (laughs) Listen. This has been the biggest lie of the podcast for two years. We're like, Carolyn, I did the last one and I said, now it's your turn. Tag, your it. And then I had failed. And guess what? That was months ago. I know. I know. Oh, man. Shame me. Shame me into TikToking. I know.
3: You can follow Carolyn at TGI Carolyn.
1: Uh, Thank you. You can follow Melody at Melody Kamali. Thank you so much for (laughs) diking out with us this week.
3: And we'll see you
1: next
2: Tuesday.